you will fail. So what? Everybody does. But your gym, your watch, your yoga pants, they pretend you won't. So when you miss a day, eat the pancakes. Give up on a workout? You failed? Seriously, what the hell? We're body. We've been a part of that too, but not anymore. At body, we're rejecting perfection and embracing reality. Not in a pizza Monday kind of way, in a loving your whole life kind of way. In a, this workout is fun and it's okay if I take a week off kind of way. In an, I'm eating healthy and it's okay if I indulge kind of way. In a, I like myself no matter what kind of way. Yeah, you will fail. We all will. But we're not going to let that be the end. You see that? We're already making progress. So let's keep going. We are body. Start your free trial at body.com. That's B O D I dot com. Real moms of Bravo. Real moms of Bravo. Real moms of Bravo. Real moms of Bravo. TGIF. We made it. It's the end of the week and an exciting week in Housewives. We're going to get to the Roni premiere and share our thoughts on all of that. But before we get there, let's talk about the ladies from Jersey. I have never related to Jennifer Aiden more than when she said, you know, I decorated my house the way my husband liked. And it was about like regal and, you know, just very like traditional furniture. And she's like, and then I was, you know, stuck in this house for a couple of months and I decided to change all of it. I'm doing the exact same thing. So I was like, Jennifer, I get it. We've all been there. I mean, there's a reason why the housing market is like at an all time inventory is at an all time low because everyone wants to get the fuck out of their house (laughs) because they're so sick of it or making changes. I'm kind of going through that process right now. I have to be honest. I didn't really like how she decorated it. It's not so much like how I just don't feel like it fits the house. The, the the problem with like that big house is I think she's trying to make it like cozy and warm. And it's just like, it feels like you're walking into like a, a palace. And so like, there are going to be places that are probably just going to have like really long, like tables or credenzas and like fancy artwork and not necessarily have like cozy couches and chairs that you're going to hang out in. Yeah. I just think the marble floors or whatever it may be, with the call, it just doesn't really go together. Like, yeah, it's she was very like trying aesthetics. I felt like she was trying to give us like a pottery barn vibe and like a, yeah, like a marble floral floor, like mansion. I'm like, ah, oh, you need a, you can elevate. I'm sure she didn't get it at pottery barn, but I just, that was the vibe I felt like she was going for. I'm pretty sure if you go back to her Instagram, I'm pretty sure she knowing Jennifer Aiden and smart. Cause I would do the same if I were in her shoes. I think that was probably like a paid sponsored um, partnership with some furniture store. Oh, I'm sure. I mean, as much as she spends money, she's smart with her money too. So I'm sure like some of it was just, uh, given to her for promoting them, but just, I will say like, I was like, Oh, I could totally relate to her. And then not that I don't relate to this, but it made me so sad when she called her mom and her mom got like so upset when I could see her mom be like, I don't appreciate you maybe like airing the dirty laundry, but it's no secret. They're you know, that Jennifer's dad is living with Jennifer and that her mom is not living there. So I don't, I don't know. I guess I just saw it as Jennifer trying to do something nice for her mom to let her know that maybe there's a a way to make it work where you don't have to go through a divorce, but you can live separately. I felt bad for her because although positive intent, and I totally get what Jennifer's doing. I think it was in front of cameras. I think had Jennifer just said like, Hey, I'm going to set up time with you and 
Jackie's mom, which would be a really random parent, but I'm just throwing that out there. Um, why don't you talk to her? Like she might be a good person to talk to because I'm sick of talking to you about this. And then like followed up on it afterwards. I just think her mom, I could understand being put on the spot and people are talking about your business and you're not really wanting to talk about it. So I could get it, but I feel like there's probably more to the story as to why they're not speaking, which kind of, which makes me so sad. I, yeah, I think just, I think that's part of what made it even like worse is that I do think she tried to do something nice. And I mean, maybe this is the last time she heard from her mom. I really can't wait for the reunion to find out like what was that breaking point for them, but it makes it so much sadder to know that like they truly are not talking right now and that it doesn't really, I don't know if like reconciliation is in the near future for them. Yeah. I do think Jennifer needs to acknowledge her mother's pain. I mean, her mother was married at 16 to a man she didn't love and who from her mother's account verbally abused her. And she's in a position where I'm sure like she realizes and is processing with what life she has left, not saying she's going to die tomorrow or anything, but she just has different perspective. And I don't know that I feel like Jennifer has acknowledged that part of her pain for all these cameras. She's acknowledged it to her daughter. I, when she was talking to Gabby, she was like kind of saying, you know, mom or my mom didn't really want to marry this, you know, marry your grandpa when she was kind of explaining like the fight. Cause she felt bad that like Gabby basically witnessed them like saying that they don't like each other. And then, you know, the whole abuse thing came up and it was interesting to me. I was like the way Jennifer was explaining it to her daughter. I think if she would say that same thing to her mom, like, this is how I see it. They would have a, a little bit more middle ground. Yeah. I agree. It was, it was sad. And then from there we go to Dolores and the birthday party, um, for her kids, which I, I love how great Frank and Dolores can co-parent. And I also loved, there was a moment that Dolores had with her daughter, which reminds me of my mom. Um, Dolores was wearing this really cute top and her mom was like, Oh my God, I really like that top. And her mom and Dolores was like, do you want it? You can have it. My mom, I can't tell you the number of times my mom and I like, I mean, she's a lot more giving than me. Like, I don't really want to give her my stuff, but I just, it just reminded me of my own mom. And I just, it was, it was sweet. I enjoyed that. Uh, I, I would like to see more too. Like, I will say, I liked the side of Dolores. I think seeing David show up for something important for her family, I'm getting all of it now. I do feel really bad that everyone is nitpicking her relationship. But I do understand where some of the other women are coming from where, I mean, she said at the reunion, she was pissed. She didn't have a ring and she's having to figure out what they're going to be like going forward. And then all of a sudden now she's like, I don't want a commitment and I'm okay with it. And like, we're great. And he does, he supports me when I need him to. It is, it's a very sharp turn from where she was before. And so I can understand why some of the women might be like, well, I'm, I'm trying to be a good friend and actually like kind of support you knowing or thinking you wanted something that you're not getting. Uh, but it was nice to see. I just, I liked seeing David with the family, with Frank. Like I just, I kind of get the dynamic now. Yeah, absolutely. And there was a blind on Demois, which I feel like has a lot of truth to it based on people who have messaged us. But the blind, if you didn't see it, it says, I know someone who works with David at the same hospital in Patterson. She and her family are friends with David and they've met Dolores numerous times. The storyline revolving around Dolores wanting a ring from David and David being some kind of commitment phobe who won't give her the love she needs is completely bogus. 
The truth is David has never hid the fact that he doesn't want to get married again. He was married before and he was really screwed over. It was a bitter divorce, one that cost him a great deal of money. He doesn't want to go through that again. In real life, Dolores knows this and is cool about it. The whole thing about her being disappointed that David won't give her a ring and won't commit to her is a nonsensical made up storyline. And then some people are asking us, do you think the other women know this and they're just continuing it to make it a storyline or are they really in the dark? I think some of them know and are making a storyline cough, cough, Melissa. I think (laughs) Melissa loves a storyline, whether it's real or not. I actually think Marge knows. And that's why she was kind of like, guys, why are we getting mad at her? We just need to, if she's happy, then that's all we want. Like when they were kind of breaking down the fight that happened at the realtor Michelle's house, you know, I kind of felt like in seeing, seeing that blind. And after watching the episode, I'm like, I, I think Marge knows that Dolores is fine, that she's not upset that there's no ring. You know, one thing I hate, so we see, we got glimpses of this. So, you know, after Dolores and her family and the birthday parties, we transition over to Jackie's birthday. They're all getting ready to go to this apple orchard, apple picking, um, which I prefer the Roni orchard yeah, experience way, over, way better <laughs> over the Jersey ladies. But anyhow, they're getting ready and Marge is trying to explain like Dolores aside and her pain and they flash flash to a moment where Dolores and Marge were having a conversation and why she's pissed about it. She's pissed that her friends like took a poll and that's not real friendship. That's not loyalty. I want to see more of Marge and Dolores's friendship. I feel like on the show, they are very the producers are, I don't know if it's the producers, but make it like a strong alliance of Dolores and Teresa and then um, Jennifer. And then you have Jackie, Melissa and Marge, but I don't see enough of Marge and Dolores. Like I think those two are legitimately friends from what we gather. They do a lot off camera. I just would love to see more of that friendship. I agree. I think if we get this whole, like the old school Italians, you know, and it's, you know, Teresa and, Dolores, they grew up old school and this is just how, this is how it was done on their block. And obviously Marge didn't grow up that way, but it does seem like Marge and Dolores have a lot in common, are there for each other, support each other. It would just be nice to see it because I do think the whole, like, you know, every time something like Jackie does something, Dolores, I think in a way of trying to like, almost like defend her and deflect, we'll just be like, well, you know, we're old school. We don't do it how she does. It's it, like, it gets old. And I think this could be a nice bridging the gap of the groups. But another two people that might be forming a friendship, Jennifer and Jackie were like right on the same page as they were talking to Dolores, like nodding their heads, agreeing with what each other was saying. I was shocked that the two of them had the exact same opinion. These two are bonding over Dolores, which is really funny and interesting to see. I mean, I do give these women credit, even if they aren't the best of friends, they can keep it pretty, like very cordial, like given Agreed. everything that yeah. Jackie and Teresa have gone through and who knows what the reunion is going to be like, but it was, you know, seemed very cordial and like very nice. The earrings they gave Jackie, very nice. I, I like those earrings. I think I've seen her wear those more than on the show. Um, but I did not expect to see them bond over Dolores and uh, apple picking, just like talking about it. I also loved it that they didn't like the wine. I want to touch on that for a second because so in Missouri, we have some wineries outside of St. Louis, not necessarily the best wine. Typically, like you drink enough beer before you get there that the bad wine doesn't really taste as bad. I, I'm wondering if New Jersey is the same. Oh, yeah. I had that similar thoughts. I feel like those types of places, 
you go for the apple picking, not the wine. The yeah. wine is just like an extra. I just loved everyone's like faces as they were drinking. I'm like, yeah, I didn't like that one. Uh, I'm not loving this one. Teresa's I face was so good. I was, <laughs> she's like, mm, not for me. Uh, what did you think of Melissa and Joe's conversation where he basically was gaslighting her into believing that he is the most supportive husband and does everything she wants and needs and that she's the one forgetting about him? I just, I mean, this is like a common theme with Joe. I, I mean, I was watching this with Kyle and he's like, I was like, what do you think about this? Like, he likes the guys of Jersey. And he's like, no, he's like, Joe's like being a dick. Like, I, I don't, I don't really understand. Listen, you guys are, have a very pri- privileged life to where you can have an au pair, can have babysitters. Like you just need to make time for each other on both ends. Like if he really wants to go on dates with her, why don't you set up the date? <laughs> like, Yeah. That's like, I mean, is she saying time. no? Yeah, yeah. Like set up the time. Like you should be happy that your woman is like evolving and, you know, um, reinventing herself and finding like a new identity, especially after being home with your kids. Like, I don't really get it to me. It's just like a sign of insecurity. And I don't know. I wouldn't say that he doesn't trust Melissa, but I do think he likes, would like a subservient wife. <laughs> Yeah. Just like a little homemaker that's going to have dinner waiting for him when he gets home and the kids are going to be in a great mood. And yeah, I totally agree. Um, so yeah, but now we're going to meet Louie, which is so weird because like we've are Lewis, we keep calling him Louie. I like it better as Louie. I think they call him Louie. Okay. Good. I think Teresa calls him Louie. Okay. Good. Cause that's how I refer to him in my head. Dirty Uh, Louie. Dirty Louie. So it's just so odd that like the to be continued is like hanging on us, like meeting him when he's been all over her social media. Like we've seen him everywhere. This isn't like this jaw dropping, like, oh my God, there he is. I haven't hidden his identity. This isn't a secret relationship. Like I, you know, I don't like to be continued, but maybe the worst to be continued. No, it didn't make sense. I mean, usually I feel like the to be continued, it's like the fights and then you get to see like the aftermath of the fight or the the climax of the fight, but you guys know what we have on Dirty Louie. So if you're curious, you know where to go, but I'm just curious to see the man in the flesh. I've seen photos of him. Haven't really seen him, seen him speak. I'm just very curious. I can't wait. I'm, I just can't wait to see everyone's reaction. Like it seems like Melissa thinks he like is the greatest guy, but we know different. And it seems like the cast now knows different. So very interested to see the initial reactions to him. Uh, but pivoting to Dallas, um, interesting reunion. <laughs> like I, it, a lot happened, but then like also not really that exciting. I am kind of shocked that in this reunion that Andy did not talk about Brandy's how she treated Tiffany and how she like that was a big pivotal point of the beginning of the season was how Brandy made Tiffany feel bad for making Brandy, for Brandy acting like a racist. Like, I'm just kind of surprised that they didn't talk about that. And maybe it's in part two, but I just thought when they were talking about all the things of the beginning of the season that would have come up. I feel like that should have come up early on too. Like Brandy, you really weren't yourself for the first half. You know, it took you a while 
to get used to Tiffany. Like I would have liked to see more of the conversation with the two of them. And then after watching, you know, the episode did Brandy understand that she was kind of positioning herself as a victim when like Tiffany obviously did nothing wrong. And you know, it just, it's, it's the whole white fragility thing. It was just so um, interesting that it was never brought up and maybe it will come up in part two. I doubt it. I also was really confused. Brandy didn't seem to be that upset. Like she didn't seem pissed off. She was just like, I have a baby. You might hear it crying. So I'm still so confused why the picture she sent in and she knew what it was being used for is her mean mug. And I like, everyone's like, oh my gosh, have some sympathy. Like you're a mom, you get it. I do get it. And I would probably say on there, like Carrie, I'm pretty pissed at you for not taking the right precautions. And now here I am in a hotel room. I'm going to be in this hotel room for 10 days. Cause I have to quarantine. And I have my baby with me with no help, no glam squad for this televised event. You know, like I would have been very upfront and been like, not, I would be like, I'm not a happy camper. I'm not okay with this. But she just was like, Here, yeah, I don't know. Maybe she was just playing to the cameras. And then that is the picture. I can't understand it. I mean, she could have, I mean, she was smiling. I also, a ring light. I mean, those yeah. girls know what a ring light is. A ring light can make you look phenomenal. I used to make fun of people, and this is such an influencer thing to say, and I hate that I'm saying use those words, but I used to be like, oh my God, ring lights, like really? Like why do people get those? And then I got one. I was like, okay, I get it. <laughs> it's it very is a good game lighting. changer. For like 40 bucks, you look like you're in a studio. Also, I mean, Bravo has a pretty large budget for these things. We've seen the decor, the production that goes into a reunion. Why do we, like, why would they not have just been like, we'll send you a, a ring light. They wouldn't even have, they could have put like, we're going to put it by your door. Wait, wait, like five minutes after we've left, we'll knock and then wait five minutes. Like they could have helped her get set up a little bit with better lighting. Uh, I will say it looks like Carrie might've had that or at least prepared herself a little bit more where she was like, rearranged her chair and like had it at a good angle. I, I don't know. Brandy just looked like she was like in the dungeon. I felt, I just felt terrible for her. Cause it looked, it just, I don't know. I would be was, very annoyed. It was bad. I did enjoy, I was laughing to myself um, when they were talking about COVID girl and everyone calling each other COVID girl and Deandra looking at Carrie and be like, who's COVID girl now? I was like, damn Deandra. I, I, I enjoyed that. That made me chuckle. Yeah. I mean, seeing that Carrie then went out maskless to bars upon returning to Dallas. And I mean, I get it. She's probably thinking like, I can't get it, it, you know, so I'm, I'm safe, but I mean, come on. Like, I just, I didn't have any sympathy for her. Yeah. It's just irresponsible because you never know who you can make come in contact with. Who's very vulnerable. And yeah. Anyhow, you, you guys get it. Um, what did you feel about Carrie and Edouard? All saw this coming. He was non-existent the entire season. He did not show up for a single scene. Typically, if that happens, um, a person's in jail, as we saw with Teresa and Joe, or it's just known. Like there, um, I think about Tanya's fiance prior to Bolo never showed up um, on any of the scenes, but it was he was busy working. He lived in Canada part of the time, like there's usually an explanation. There was really no explanation for Eduardo not being there. We knew from season one, their marriage wasn't the strongest. So I'm just not surprised by it. I was shocked that she said, we just told the kids prior to cut like leaving. And then she's announcing it on the reunion. But I wonder if some of that was a strategic move on her end, because she said she's gonna have to get a job. She's gonna have to find a way to make money. Like this show is her only source of income. Yeah. I mean, 
I feel like you and I have had a lot of side conversations about this and I, I mean, listen, I'm always, this is me getting on my little mini semi-feminist soapbox, but I'm all about women making their own money. Nothing like, again, being a stay-at-home parent is the hardest job in the world. And I understand in every family situation, it's different. However, I do feel like it's important if you do can make your own money because of situations like that, because you just never know. Like, um, and I'm basing that off my own, like, parents' experiences and what I've seen in their relationship. Um, and I just think there's, there's power in money. And if you have your own money, it's a little easier to make some tough decisions. So I hope she um, is okay. Like I, I could imagine how terrifying that might be if you're so financially dependent on one person and then all of a sudden having to take that on your own. Um, but I have no doubt that she'll figure it out. And it does explain a lot of her behavior and her, um, I love that Andy was like, you were binge drinking to me. Um, yeah, he didn't so, sugarcoat it. Yeah. No, he didn't sugarcoat it. So it did explain a lot of her behavior, not that it makes it okay, but you can kind of semi sympathize for her. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I think there's a lot going on. I'm curious to see if there's a season three for Carrie. I mean, if there's another season for Dallas, um, how she responds is, is a single woman. Is she going to drink less because she's working and she has more on her plate? Like she was never really sympathetic to people who had life going on and couldn't be hung over the next day. So I'm, I'm just curious to see if this changes things for her. I still will like my, I'm going to like hold firm on this opinion. My only reason why I'm even interested in Dallas is because of Tiffany. And when they showed the clip of her talking about just being like a full-time worker and feeling like a part-time mom. I just think every working mom related to that. And then, but like, I love her cause she's so relatable. And then she's also just like, so fucking rich. Like every, almost every point that she said in the reunion, I was just like, God, I like, I love Tiffany. Oh yeah. I mean, she's been so fun. She's sharp. She's like, you know, she's something we haven't seen in a housewife in terms of She's very quick on her feet, but not in a like shady way, like in a very sensical way. She's very quick witted too. Like it was funny, like Cam was pulling out like the, the different tweets and like saying how mean that she was. And then Andy did say like, okay, Tiffany, this is kind of mean. He goes, but you I did mean, put they a heart. Were, they were, yeah. Mean. I have to say they, I kind of they were me, but I also kind of feel like she was sort of and like, I think it was intentional. Like, I don't think she was trying to be friends with Cam. She was over it after watching the things that Cam said and how she reacted in interviews. I am waiting for the whole ping pong thing to come up when Cam said that Tiffany is, was bossier than the ping pong people in um, Taiwan. I just feel like that wasn't really the smartest comment to make, you know, just given the climate and what had happened with Dallas, uh, I'm just waiting to see if that comes up, but I will just say like, for me, I feel like cams Cam took Brandy's place with the whole white fragility thing. Like, I think she was just trying to imply that Tiffany was racist to her own people because of the acting like her mom. I mean, I guess if she was like, if her mom wasn't like that and she was just portraying, you know, an Asian mom, it could be definitely racist, but like I mean, you've posted stuff where you're like, if you have a, a Latina mother, you get it. And your mom's like vacuuming. It's not like you're making fun of no, like Latina no. women. I mean, we're listen, I don't embracing. Think, yeah. I don't think Cam 
gets what it is to be a racist. Um, I mean, racism is judging someone based on the color of their skin. And typically it's a group of people who have been systemically oppressed and <laughs> like, there's a lot to it and I can go on, right. and on But I mean, I don't think Tiffany, like I liked how she's like, so I'm racist against my own race. Like, I think you could say a better argument from Cam would be like, Hey, I just feel like you're um, not helping the stereotypes within your own community. Like, that's that's fine. Like I I can see yeah. that. I can maybe like get there, but racist? No. Like not at all. And I think it's like, you know, you could go on like moms, all types of moms, like whether it be an Asian mom, um a Latina mom, um even like a southern mom, like there's all Catholic sorts, mom. Yeah, Catholic I mean like mom, there's all little things that we've all seen and that we can relate to. Like, yes, my mom loves to vacuum. And that's something that, that a lot of people who have a Latino mom can relate to. And usually the vacuuming starts at like 6 a.m. Um, <clears throat> but I didn't think any of that was offensive or anything like that at all. I just, I just thought Cam was trying really hard. We can tell, and we've seen this firsthand, these women really prepare for these reunions and they treat it like it's like the fi- final, <laughs> like they're at finals week <laughs> and they're preparing with all these receipts. I just thought Cam's shtick with the little briefcase, it just seemed very like try hard to me. I agree. I agree. Um, it also, I like, I feel like she was trying to like replicate like Monique's binder and it was just like, nothing can top Monique's binder because it really had it been done to that level where like, you knew people, like you've seen people have stuff behind them, but like, I mean, she just like had it on her lap. She was pulling stuff up. It was color coded. I felt like Cam was trying to do that. And like, she thought it was like funny and cute. And like, I don't know. She also was just pulling out tweets, which all of us could see. I'm like, I want receipts of text messages. I don't need to see things in the public. I can go on Twitter and look for that myself. Like if you're going to come with your briefcase and your receipts, have it be stuff we haven't seen. That's, that's like the jaw dropping thing that gets you another season. I mean, not yeah, that's how tweet. you, that's how you play the game. You don't yeah. go through tweets of mean tweets. Yeah. That we've already seen. So, but I will say the part one of Dallas, the reunion, I enjoyed it more than I enjoyed this season. So there's that. <laughs> there's that. And we only get one more part, which I'm glad smart. I think it's good that it's only two parts. Roni. Our <sighs> usually favorite women from New York are back. The premiere happened this week. (laughs) Uh, We heard this. We've heard these rumors. I refuse to believe them, uh, but I'm starting to. We heard rumors that this is not going to be a great season, that even production was kind of like trying to make something happen, that a lot of the crew admitted like there just wasn't a lot of great like TV worthy events. I feel like there's a lot going on. It just feels so segmented. I I love Ebony and I think she's going to be great for the show. I just wonder like her. So her in is that she's friends with Leah. Is she really, I feel like this is a person who really was, isn't friends with Leah. Yeah. I, we, I mean, we're housewives fans and we're also housewife band detectives. You guys all know about it. There's a reason why some people do so many deep dives. We dabble in that every now and then. Yeah. It just, a lot of these, these shows that work well, like summer house, which we'll discuss on our Patreon, but so the shows that work really well are when there's genuine friendships. We see that in Jersey, like 
you feel like and sense genuine friendships. There is that in Roni, but this season feels more like Luann, Ramona, Sonia, and then there's Leah and Ebony. And there's not really a bridge across the groups. Yeah, it just, yeah, it, exactly. It's very just disjointed. I also like, even as it was like starting, so Leah's converting to Judaism, which like, great. We, we all like support and sell Tamra, you know, get baptized and become more, you know, firmly rooted in her faith. I just felt like it was kind of weird because as she's like talking to her sister, she was like, well, you're probably gonna have to dress more modest or I'll be honest. I don't know a ton about like the Jewish faith as it relates to dress code and fashion and stuff like that. So I, I do know that if you are super Orthodox that like, I mean, I think, I don't know if you've seen the Netflix series. It was like almost a year ago called unorthodox where like, I mean, those women don't show their hair. You have to wear long skirts. Like you really do have to hide a lot. But it was just funny. Like I'm like, has Leah researched this? I felt like she really didn't know much about the religion she was joining. It's it felt really weird. It felt very random. Um, again, you do you, boo. Like, do what you want. This if you're you know discovering faith and spirituality and whatnot. But I feel like she's using religion as a way to keep her accountable. If that makes sense. Yeah, yeah. I was like, this is an AA. Like it was. Yeah, it was like this is my new. This is my, the new Ramona I'm renewed. I'm great. I'm like, well, you can't like changing your religion is a big deal. And for those that are Jewish, it could be considered offensive that you're kind of acting as if this is like, you know, coming back from like a retreat at a spa. It kind of reminds me, remember when Madonna was really into Kabbalah and oh she God, would yes. wear that little red bracelet and it felt yes, like a trend I, in Hollywood. It did become a trend. And I have a friend who I can tell you off the record who asked me if I wanted to go try to find like a Kabbalah place with her in St. Louis. So I was like, well, I feel like my mom would really kill me if I did that. Uh, Catholic mom, there you go. But I just, yeah, it does feel like she thinks this is like the trendy thing to do. And I I wonder if Madonna still is practicing Kabbalah. I don't don't see the red bracelet. I also feel like it's also Leah's way if she wants to marry a Jewish man. Like, I feel like that's a little bit of it too. I feel like it's twofold. But yep. I don't know that it's necessarily like for faith. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. That's where I was trying to get at. Um, also, I love that um, apparently Ramona and Luann are new friends. I know. They're new budding <laughs> friendship that has gone on for 13 years on and off. It's pretty funny. I mean, it's, it's classic for the two of them, really. Like, I, I mean, <laughs> it's just kind of funny how um, they talked about it on Watch What Happens Live they they call him um, Lou, 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 Lumona. Lumona, thank you. I couldn't say it. Lumona. Um, and they kind of touched on it, which I thought was pretty funny. Yeah, I just, I, I, I love it. I mean, that is very on brand for both of them. And then I love that apparently she had no idea that Tom's Terrace was right there. Girl, when you signed a lease in the building, you had an idea that you were in proximity of Tom's penthouse. This is not shocking that you got a view of his terrace. This is why I kind of love though, like Luann, Anna Ramona, because they, their lack of self-awareness is very comical to watch. Like, it's just so funny to me. I just, yeah. <laughs> like, like, Oh I my mean, God. Can you believe it? It's yeah, right there. Exactly. Like, we're like, no girl, we, we, you know where it's at. And I love that the producers are like roll footage of Luann <laughs> on Tom's terrace. Uh, yeah, it's pretty funny. I, 
it's so messy. And I feel like it's on brand for Luann. I'll say the more things change, the more they stay the same. Sonia back in that damn townhouse. Oh my God. Get that woman away from that damn townhouse. I thought she said it was being rented. It was okay. So she said it was being rented and then COVID happened. And I don't know. But wouldn't she have like a lease in place? Like people can be like, oh, COVID, I'm, I'm moving out. I'm kind of confused because is she still renting her other place that she had moved to? Maybe she was making more money on that place than, or like was easier to find. I have no idea, but she's back in the damn townhouse. I feel like this townhouse has become a friend of New York (laughs) where it keeps coming back. And I just want Sonia, like, I want, I don't want to see the townhouse again. I don't want to see an intern drawing up a bath for her, which I fucking love baths and I love Sonia, but I want the townhouse to go away. I, but never the interns. I love that the interns are still there. I mean, I, I still don't quite understand why you would sign up to be a Sonia Morgan intern, but I love that she still has them. I like that the caption is like one of Sonia's interns. Like I would really, I wish they would have talked about that on Watch What Happens Live this week. Going that would have been all of her interns. That would be a great Watch What Happens Live episode. Sonia's interns. Yeah, like a little game. And see no, actually have them. no, actually have the previous interns come on and talk oh, about it. Oh snap! Yep. Because there were some that were like pretty iconic. I of course can't remember their names because it was literally, they were just called Sonia's intern. But there was a guy when like that, you know, her big four post bed and she was like rolling around and he was like laughing and like she, I don't know, like she'd have underwear on. Like it was very inappropriate, but I'm like, that guy has some stories to tell. Oh yeah. No, but I love Sonia. I love that she loves baths. You're not a bath person. We've talked about this because your house has like the baths that I fucking love and would love in my I know. I hate home. like telling people this. I don't like taking baths. I never have. I, I Even when I was little, I didn't like them. And then I live in a very like old home. It's over a hundred years old. So we have like a clawfoot tub that is probably from like the 1920s. I mean, I like, you know, have an orgasm looking at these things. They're so beautiful. But I get it. In this day and age, you're either, I mean, I feel like it's kind of polarizing in a way. Like you really either are or you're not. Like there's no, I do. There's no I, like people who kind of like baths. I agree. I think you're either like, I hate baths or I love them. I feel like baths though are really making a comeback. I've heard like, heard more people talking about how they enjoy like, like influencers and just like friends be like, oh, I just like lately, like I'll just take a really nice long bath to unwind. And it just is interesting to me because I swear, like no one talked about this when you're younger, but I'm guessing also like you think about where we were living in like college or like our first apartments, like after you graduate from college, probably not where you want to take a bath. No, no. (laughs) I love them. I mean, my, I don't have a fancy tub, but I mean, I, during my pregnancy, that was my jam every night. I would take like a good 30 to 45 minutes. And I need to get the setup where you get the iPad in there and you watch a show. Oh, I cannot wait until I get a tub, a new tub one day. Anyways, <laughs> I clearly love bass, guys. You love bass. <laughs> um, one thing we didn't love, you made a note about this. And I did too. Sonia, oh, God love her. So I think she's one of those people where you, sometimes you have to look at intent of what people said and not necessarily what they said. But Sonia trying to make it seem like she's woke via her fish was so cringy. Like we didn't need to bring Bryce up just because you have a black person coming to your house. Like I get like, 
you would don't say like, I don't see color because that's like undermining what makes people different and what makes them beautiful. But you also like the second someone walks in, you don't feel like, I just want you to know I'm really open to black people. And I am so happy you're here. Like it, that is like the most uncomfortable thing. Like poor Ebony, like I, she took it with stride, but I would have been like, what the fuck? Why are you talking about your fish being black and white? <laughs> it was, I thought, you know, it's so funny. I've, I feel like there's a lot of people who have beamed it and thought I was like, I guess kind of cute in a way or just very Sonia. But I just, again, I kind of found it a little cringy and just kind of like, okay, girl, like, <laughs> all right. And I think Ebony took it in stride because she knew the intent was positive. Yeah. And, and like, yeah, I like that was, she didn't take it as like a moment to be like, no, Sonia, let me tell you why that's not okay. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. But it ugh. was just interesting. But, you know, first impressions of Ebony, I I really do like her. I love, you know, I love that she's a lawyer. I thought she shared a lot of interesting stories um, in the beginning about her relationships, her ex-fiance, her, her um, financial issues that thankfully she's gotten course corrected there. I I enjoyed everything about her. I just felt like the first episode just felt very kind of like all over the place. Yeah, I agree. And I don't know if that was necessarily like her fault. It was just like, they're trying to bring all these women together and it was just, I don't know. It was just bizarre. I, but I want to know more about her story. Like, I love that she's rich, but also like has a bad FICO score. I think like a lot of people can relate to that. I want to know, like, I want to know more about that. Like she, yeah, she's no longer engaged. I think we're just, we're going to see a lot about like learn a lot about Ebony and see a lot more about her. And I'm, I'm very intrigued by her story, but, um, I mean, we're obviously going to keep watching. I think it will get better. Oh yeah. I think, I think it'll get better. I mean, it's roadie. Like we have these classic characters and people that we love to watch. Like we love Sonia. So it's going to be entertaining and fun. It's, they've set the bar so high in terms of housewives and what we've seen that you it's kind of hard to top yourselves year after year. And it doesn't necessarily need to be like sloppy, drunken old messes like Potomac, which we also love. So much of the entertainment from Potomac happens without really a lot of drinking involved. It's just like yeah. the interactions between the women. Um, so, I mean, we'll see. Uh, okay. Atlanta. Um, still not great. I like, I'm really like, like trying to love this reunion. There are times I I love it. Like honestly, candy makes it for me. The rest of it I could do without Drew. Honestly, could do without LaToya. The most like interesting revelation to me is you have to get production's approval for your kid to go on a trip. That's really interesting. I thought that was really, really interesting. Um, did not see that coming. And I like that. I think it was Portia or someone, Portia might've said they didn't have the option to mother the same. Like that's more of the issue. I mean, and I get it like understandable. I'm sure for production, since they're kind of having to foot the bill of making sure there's place to stay, making sure a child's safe. Like there's probably a little bit more liability on their end when children are involved, but I didn't realize that they had to get permission. Like that kind of threw me for a loop. Well, and then she didn't really tell anyone until like a couple of days before they were leaving. So it obviously made it so other people could not get permission to make it happen. And I, I really agree with Candy. I don't think Candy had any issues with Brooklyn being there. It was just the fact that that was Kenya's excuse for everything. Like, I'm not going to do this because my daughter's here. I'm just ordering myself lunch. Cause I, you know, I'm busy like hosting and being a mom. Like she just kind of used it as like 
her excuse, which it was like, if you didn't want to go on a trip, then don't go on the trip and don't host it. No, absolutely. She used a lot of excuses. Brooklyn was definitely her fallback on a lot of things. And again, like, I feel like, especially in a bachelorette party, like, I'm sorry, most people don't want to be with their children on a bachelorette party, myself included. Um, So I, I understand why the women didn't necessarily want to bring them there, but I didn't buy Kenya's excuses. Yeah, I agree. Um, I loved that Andy's name is Silver Bullet for his like sexual, like freed character, you know, because everybody like picked their name. I like was dying that they chose Silver Bullet as his name. It was perfect. I mean, he loved, he loved Candy. Candy was in boot this entire reunion. I like that she told Cynthia, like, get that post-nuptial. Like, she kind of gave her a slip, <laughs> like, what the fuck are you doing? And also, do you feel like Cynthia got off kind of easy with the pandemic questions in her wedding? Yeah. I mean, she was like, oh, if people said some mean things to me. And then she was just like, you know, it was important to us. I feel like even some of the women, like, you know, Candy was like, you know, she was really set on a date. I don't know what I would have done. I, I don't know. I kind of felt like it should have been brought to Cynthia's attention. And I think the other piece of it too, from my friends that are black have said regarding like COVID, it is really upsetting for them when they see people not taking it seriously of any race or color, because there were, you know, you can look at the numbers, like when members of the black community got COVID, they were more likely to have to be hospitalized. They were more likely than of those that were hospitalized to be placed in critical care. And so like, to me, knowing that and having friends that were black and saying that and seeing that, I just thought it was really, really kind of ignorant of Cynthia to then just have this massive wedding that yeah, like, I mean, could have been were, a super spreader event. Yeah. They're impacted more disproportionately than, uh, yeah. than other people. And not saying if a white person would have had this wedding, I would be saying the same things. Extremely no, no, no. ignorant. But it also like in the back of my head, I'm like, I just felt like the black community was more was extremely concerned about COVID because of the fact that they were being more critically like, you know, ill from it than uh, the white race from what we were seeing from numbers. Yeah. From numbers and what we're seeing in October was like the pivotal point, like a peak of the pandemic. And also, I mean, there's lots of factors at play into why that is and access to healthcare and whatnot. But yeah, I just think it was, I just don't feel like regardless if you've really wanted a date or not, it just, to me felt just still felt selfish. And I kind of wish Andy would have just been like, you know, you do you, but this was pretty selfish (laughs) considering these many people have lost lives. And she did play it off. Like she didn't know anyone who got COVID um, to, to her knowledge, which I found a little suspect. I'm sure there was a rule that was like, if you come here and you get it, you are not allowed. Like I bet people had to sign NDAs and like legal documents saying that they were not going to publicize it because that like the, how terrible would it look if it was like five people from her wedding now have COVID? Um, I just feel like that would, it wouldn't have been allowed to really get in the public at all. Um, yeah. But I'm curious if like that is true. Cause we saw on people's Instagram stories, the face shields and masks were being taken off pretty freely. Oh yeah. I would find it really hard to believe if one person, I feel like the times I've heard people last year who did attend a wedding at a coworker of mine who attended a wedding and like past after that wedding, it was like five or six people had COVID and, or like more, I don't know what the numbers were, or were, but I would find it really hard to believe if someone 
didn't get it. I attended a wedding in September. It was outdoors. It was 70 people. And then it was, this was kind of like the thing to do then you would, you like when you signed up, like I want chicken, I want beef. You also said like what color bracelet you wanted. And it was red, yellow, green, green meant that you could, um, like come talk to me, like, not like give me a hug, but that like, I was open to like talking to people and, and like try to maintain like six feet of distance. Yellow was like six feet or more. I'm happy to talk to you. And red was basically like, I would like appreciate if I don't know you that you don't come up and talk to me. Um, and that, I mean, like there were people with red bracelets that like, I just, you know, didn't talk to you and stuff, but no one got COVID from it, but I do think it was outdoors. It was significantly smaller. Um, but I was kind of surprised that nobody got it. But I think if you take the extra precautions it it can be done, but it did not seem like that was happening at Cynthia's wedding. Well, I mean, it was like 300 people inside. Like, yeah. Anyhow, I thought she got off way easy on that. Lucky, 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 lucky Miss Cynthia Hill. And that kind of wraps up our week in Bravo, Housewives Bravo. Um, on our Patreon, we will be discussing Summer House and our top headlines. So if you'd like to continue to support us, please check it out, patreon.com slash Bravo. We've seen so many new faces. We are constantly humbled. You guys know this. We do this for fun. Um, we have full-time jobs. We're working moms. We wear multiple hats, just like you listening. And so we do this when we find free time, which is scarce at times, but we do it because we love it. And we love the feedback that we get from you. So on our Patreon, we try to give you additional content extra um, each week. So if you like hearing what we've got to say, please consider joining. Uh, Also, we have a true real mom fashion. Um, Our shout out this week. I mean, I think it should go to all the moms with Mother's Day coming up because I do feel like it's a very tough job, whether you are a stay-at-home mom, you work part-time, you work full-time. It's the hardest job. My husband got sick over the weekend and like he got to lay in bed and sleep all weekend and recover. And I... I didn't mind it because I wanted him to get better, but I couldn't help but think like, if this were me, I would maybe get to take a nap, but it would be expected that I was like helping with dinner or, you know, picking up toys. Like just, I feel like moms, we don't really get a break. So I'd like to give a shout out to all the moms. My head was in that same space. And I also want to give not only a shout out for all the moms, but I also want to let people who have, have experienced a loss, whether you lost a mom, um, just going through tough times during um, fertility journey um, that we're thinking of you. I know this holiday can be tough on some and kind of bring up a lot of, stir up a lot of different emotions. So we see you and we are with you. And with that, we will catch you next week. Is your daily grind getting you down? A thermospas hot tub may be the solution. Just a few minutes under those powerful, soothing jets, and all your stress seems to melt away, like you're lying on a cloud of bubbles. You'll not only feel better, but sleep better, too. Call 877-861-4672 now, and for a limited time, save $1,250. Call 877-861-4672 or visit thermospas.com to schedule a free on-site assessment.